it's really hard for me to see someone suffering, experiencing unkindness, and I want to do something about that. So if I know I have the power to help, I know I need to um, take the compassion I, I feel and just use that to try and assist. That's Daisy Hampton. She's 12 years old and founder of Including You, an organization to help kids with learning or developmental disabilities. Welcome to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step making a better world. I'm Dave Scott. Daisy and her mom, Jennifer, founded Including You about a year and a half ago. And they have two key programs. The first involves kids mentoring other kids who have experienced learning or physical disabilities. The second is helping close the digital gap for school kids by providing laptops and tablets. They've created an organization, mostly with child volunteers, built on kindness that champions digital inclusion and educational equity. Welcome, Daisy. Thank you. Happy to be here. Daisy, I understand that part of what motivated you to start your organization was having been involved in what's known as ICT classes from kindergarten through fifth grade, right? Yes. So ICT stands for Integrated Co-Teaching Classes. And those are classes that are taught by a general education teacher and a special ed teacher. And they include students both with and without disabilities. So how did that influence you? I learned from a young age that I need to be compassionate about a classmate who might have behaviors that would be a little bit different and to be encouraging and supportive of them when they needed it. And as I got older, I started noticing that some of my classmates were no longer treating kids with disabilities with kindness and it wasn't fair. They would like bully and say that they were gross just because they had a a, a disability. Hmm. That's awful. So so how did that make you feel? It was sad to see how some some of my own friends who I had known for a while making fun of my classmate with a disability. Yeah, that really especially raised my awareness of the exclusion in school communities for kids with disabilities. And I really wanted to, I guess, make others more aware of it. Initially, Daisy and her mom set up a program during the early days of the pandemic in 2020 to match kids with other kids to act as mentors. Daisy recruited her classmates and members of her Girl Scout troop. And Daisy started mentoring online an 11-year-old girl in Mississippi. She also mentors Laura, who lives near Daisy in New York City. One of my mentees, Laura, who's a 17-year-old girl with Down syndrome, who's a senior in high school right now, we're close friends and we, we hang out a lot. And how long have you been mentoring her? Like, tell me what a typical mentoring session looks like. Our relationship with her, it's not like, I guess, our typical one with, like, on Zoom. We'll hang out in person if it's, like, baking. She's also part of my Girl Scout troop. Um, I have a few other mentees. We'd go on Zoom, 
and we'd either do a homework assignment that she needed help with, go through a test, or we just talk about how school has, has been recently. That's great. So I guess what strikes me as interesting, Daisy, is that including you is unusual because it's for kids and it's by kids. Why does that appeal to you? Why do you think that it appeals to, to other kids? I think knowing that there's kids your age running something, it might help you feel more connected and uh, sometimes even strengthen your bonds with other people and makes you feel more empowered knowing that there's other kids running bigger things and makes you think, oh, if there's a kid my age doing such a huge thing, working on a nonprofit organization, I can do that too. I can make that big of a difference. Mm -hmm. Well, Daisy's project has grown to matching dozens of mentors and mentees in six states. In the fall of 2020, her efforts took off in a new direction, helping kids with remote learning challenges closer to home. Daisy saw a news story about a nine-year-old girl in the Bronx who needed a laptop to attend classes online, and she was at risk of becoming truant. Daisy used a $200 award she'd earned from Girl Scouts to buy the girl a laptop. The publicity from that act of kindness drew thousands of dollars in donations. Daisy has now given out more than 500 laptops or tablets. I asked her how that's making a difference in individual lives, and she told me this story. When, uh, I think it was a few months ago, I learned a story about a girl who, throughout the pandemic, has been using her dad's phone as a device to attend school, and she had to share it with her brother, so neither of them were able to fully attend their classes. So her dad would go to work every day without having any phone, and he was a truck driver. And since neither of the kids were able to complete their homework, they were falling behind. So I knew that they really needed computers, so I donated two computers, one to each sibling, right? And she cried when she received it because it was such an important thing to her and it really reconnected her with her classmates and opened the door to her classroom. Of course, Daisy hasn't done all of this on her own. Her mom, Jennifer, has been her partner. And I asked Jennifer about the division of labor between them. She came up with this idea and of course, you know, I've supported her in any way that I can. And, and as she indicated, certainly I'll handle emails and things of that nature. And so the way I'll help is, you know, there's some high school volunteers and I sort of have to facilitate that relationship with, with the high school. But then, of course, Daisy is the one who prepares icebreakers for people when they start their mentorship sessions. So, for example, the one she's talking about for Mississippi, she she will prepare a PowerPoint of icebreakers. Here's what to ask your mentees in the beginning of a session so that you become friends before you start a, a session. I might handle, say, the purchasing of, of devices with, with monies raised. But Daisy is the one cleaning the computers, erasing them, getting them ready to donate to different places. So, you know, I provide her support where needed. Daisy is really at the helm and really making a lot of decisions you'd be surprised that a 12-year-old could, could make. 
it's really impressive what you've accomplished. But Jennifer, how do you and Daisy handle the the balance between school and Girl Scouts and running a nonprofit? You know, prioritizing and um, balancing things. She's somebody who's always had a lot going on, so she's able to just handle it and prioritize. And we we would certainly <laughs> never say, you, you've got to be doing this till midnight or, or or anything like that. But sometimes there have been times on a weekend that we're charging computers until late in the night. So so that sometimes happens, but only if Daisy wants to help with that. If, if she doesn't, you know, if she's tired, I, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I recognize time issues for Daisy, and school always comes first. So she's had the opportunity where people have called and said, come be on our national morning show, and she's declined. She has finals. And if there's any sort of work that she has to do involving the nonprofit, she has learned to balance her time. School will always come first. At this point, Daisy rejoins the conversation. Hey, Daisy. I just have a few more questions. So when there's a kid at your school or any school that struggles to communicate with another kid who's been labeled as having a disability, what advice would you give them? I really wouldn't treat them like they're any different than anybody else. Don't make them seem like they're super different and like an outcast. And if they can't speak well... It's okay to ask them to, like, repeat, but, yeah, that's really my advice because there isn't too much of a need to speak to somebody super different. Just make sure if there's something unclear, ask them to repeat something, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Where does your sense of empathy and generosity come from? What, what motivates you to help others? Well, I think it comes a lot from my parents. They've instilled it in, in me, a sense of responsibility to our community. And part of the responsibility means not to sit out when we see others in need, whether it's like empathy, friendship, being an upstander, or like an ally, or whether it means figuring out how to help with material needs, so like a device. And it's really hard for me to see someone suffering experiencing unkindness and being mistreated. And I want to do something about that. So if I know I have the power to help, I know I need to take the compassion I, I feel and just use that to try and assist. Okay. Daisy, I have one more question for you. So how has working on this nonprofit changed you? Think about Daisy before and Daisy now. What's changed? I think having including you has kind of implemented a constant reminder to have gratitude. And it's really also opened my eyes to all the inequities that need to be addressed, whether it's in the area of disability rights, the digital divide, health disparities, or so many other issues. I want to help as much as I can and where I can to motivate others to do so as well, because I believe that kindness is contagious. Because when I started including you, I wasn't sure any of my friends would want to help me. I thought I'd just have to recruit the mentors in other ways, but they really did want to help and they were so excited 
to join me. And so did plenty of other kids and even adults throughout the country. So, yeah, that really I guess, changed me. And Jennifer, what changes have you seen in your daughter? Well, I, I guess I've seen even greater leadership skills and increased self-esteem because she has seen firsthand that she does have this ability to, if she sees something that needs to be changed or somebody that needs help, she has been able to actually have an impact, and she's seen that impact. At the end of each podcast, I've been issuing a challenge to listeners to take action. So I asked Daisy what challenge she would give the listeners of this podcast. Well, one, I think it's really important to try to do an act of kindness as often as you can, like every day, because doing something kind doesn't cost anything. Second, this is something that I've said before. I'd like to invite anyone, no matter what your age is, that sees a problem in the world to recognize the power within yourself to help change it. Because you can't really wait for someone else to do it, and you can't assume that someone else has it covered. And, but you also can't be afraid of failure, because I know that I've been afraid of failure before. Because your act of kindness is a spark that will ignite in others as well and can be a big inspiration for others to do better. And the change you see can happen. And that's this week's challenge, an act of kindness. Call me and tell me how it went. Call me at 617-450-2410 and leave me a voice message about it. That's 617-450-2410. You know what impressed me about Daisy was her willingness to tap into her desire to help others and to use that to override her fears. At her age, I would have been paralyzed with anxiety. She stepped out of her comfort zone to talk to the media, to speak in front of her classmates and win support for her efforts. That takes a special kind of courage. Daisy and her mom have recently been contacted by a girls' school in Africa. So in the coming months, among other things, they plan to work together to launch a new mentorship program in Africa. To learn more about Daisy's efforts, go to includingyou.org. All one word, includingyou.org. You've been listening to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step making a better world. This podcast is produced by the Christian Science Monitor. Copyright 2021.